welcome back to Live Bold and Boss Up Podcast. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening in. We love you guys. I love, by the way, catching y'all in person or online and hearing that you're listening and you're enjoying the episodes. We love that feedback. Please keep keep it coming because then we'll we'll know you know, what information, right, to have on the podcast and to share with you guys. So thank you for all of that. Today, we chat with Dr. Gary Montute. We chatted with him actually in our 38th episode. Now it's our 138th episode, 100 episodes later. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot's changed. A lot's changed. He's got his doctorate degree now. And he's really actually inspiring, right? He's constantly Very. working on himself and improving. And it's just a nice reminder or kick in the butt sometimes for some of you that, and I know I need it sometimes too, that you know, we just kind of get a little lazy and we're like, okay, we need to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think uh, Dr. Gary sleeps uh, at all. Right. Per- yeah. True. True. But this is a fun episode because not only do we talk about leadership and the different types of leadership and turnaround leadership, which he is you know, working on now and, and tells us more about, but we also have some fun surprises at the end, um, some fun questions, and then another fun thing that Dr. Gary's been working on. Yeah, we have a like a beautiful surprise at the end. Um, so definitely listen the whole way through. We hope you like it. If you don't like it, hey, let me know. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. That's fun. Also, we want to share with you guys, we were recording today at The Wave. Thank you to The Wave for having us here. And also, thank you so much to DCE Productions for doing our audio recording. We really appreciate you guys. You make it so easy and seamless. And of course, thanks to our Next Path career partners. We love you. All right, welcome back, Dr. Gary Montute. Um, so, for those of you that have listened to us in the past, episode 38 in 2021, almost 100 episodes later, we had Gary on, and um, that was an, an awesome conversation, but a lot has changed since then. So we want to kept catch up and then now you're a doctor you weren't a doctor when we last spoke (laughs) with you so what's been what's been going on what's new well again thanks stephanie and ashley for having me here again um 2021 middle of covid right so doing a lot of pivoting um since then trying to stay engaged right and stay engaged with uh, what's going on in the community uh we learn a lot more about self-help self-care we became a lot uh, more open to speaking on things. So since then, um, actually this show really, really helped me being able to express a lot of things, right? Um, I got my MBA that year mm-hmm. and then decided that wasn't enough, right? So I went and I did my doctorate in healthcare administration, right? And so that's the field I'm in. I'm in the healthcare field right now still. And um, since then as well, uh, because of mentoring and leadership I've been doing for on, for a while and being a coach for for different teams, whether it be um, soccer or martial arts teams all over the world and having teams globally, I um, took on a couple of clients on the side to be able to start um, e- exploring that executive coaching, leadership, leadership and mentoring space. I love that. I love how you just have such a hunger for 
learning more and doing more and it's like you can always be better and just better yourself and I love that about you. Seriously, I'm really hoping that it rubs off on me so I <laughs> have that motivation to keep doing more and learning well, more. Well, look at it. We're This was, when I first met you guys, it was, uh, well, I knew you for a while, right? But the whole um, program, that was episode 20, uh, 38, right? So this is a hundred almost 100 episodes later, mm-hmm. right? So obviously something has rubbed off, right? <laughs> That's what you, got, you guys keep keep doing. Um, but seriously, I having been around the world for so long and, and for so many different, and met so many different people, and, and sometimes they don't have all the opportunities, maybe because of the absence of the specific leadership they need, mm-hmm. right? Um, or men, or mentor mentorship they need. Um, they stay where they are, and I think that's it. You know, having, um, I was born in New Jersey, like I said in the past, and um, I, I, I grew up in the island of Trinidad. And, but I came over here when I was 20 and went to USF, right? Go Bulls. <laughs> right? And, um, and you learn a lot. Back then, you, there was no football team. It was a very, very small, tight minority group, right, of different ethnicities. And we had the best street dances with reggae and zouk and different music and stuff like that. But um, but you know when I left, it became a really 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 a good um, a good uh, mix of different people, cultures, you know, education. So it really really is a great place actually uh, for education. But I had to go find things. I had to go find things at USF. I was an engineering major, but I love dance and I love art and I love theater. So those were my electives, right? Mm-hmm. Just to be more engaged with those people. Wow. I feel like it makes you more well-rounded whenever you're not just focused on one specific thing. Mm-hmm. What would you tell someone that maybe they're thinking about going and getting their MBA or their doctorate or, or furthering their education, but they're questioning, like, do I need that for my job or is it going to be worth it in the long run? Like, what advice would you give them? Great question. Actually, most jobs don't need it at all, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because of the the experience that I, I bring to the table in different teams, um, Fortune 100, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies I've worked for, um, I did not need an MBA. I did not need a doctorate at all. But what it did for me was open up, you know, the formal educational part of it. So you knew, you knew all these different things, strategic thinking, design thinking. But then you go in a class and meet people from all over the world with the, the way they have um, the online platform now. You go and you meet all these folks from all over the world, and they have different perspectives you've never heard of before. So to me, that was the benefit of doing the MBA. That was the benefit of doing the doctorate, of meeting people, like-minded people, that there are people out of there, you know, out of Florida, out of the U.S. that think like you or do not think like you, but they they cherish and value, you know, who you are. So there's a formal education part of going through, you know, the MBA or the doctorate, but there's that the part of meeting people and connecting, right? That that was the, the with the doctorate in particular, we had what was called um, uh, uh, accountability groups. And all their, the job of those teams were to make sure you got your work done. Because many times we wanted to quit. Many times we're like, really? I did all this schooling. I have these two classes, really have to do this? And so you learn about that accountability, and you have that in a lot of different areas at work. You have mentors, and so we're practicing and learning how to do that. You know, part of the, the healthcare administration 
was about strategic leadership as well. That was a big focus of it as well, to be able to come out there and now make that change as you go back out into the world. Mm-hmm. I think everyone needs accountability partners. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What I was wondering while you were chatting about you know, connecting with all of these different people all over the world for your doctorate, did you learn something from them just while you were in there chatting with them, casual conversation? What was like the the main thing that you learned? I think the, the biggest thing um, was that uh, we all had that same drive. We all had that same drive that this is it. We are not going back to school after this, right? This is it. Uh, somewhere in education, somewhere in uh, healthcare fields, um, somewhere in the military, defense force. Um, but we just realized that uh, a lot of us, it was, a, it was a HBCU, a historically black uh, college uh, university. And so we realized that, you know, this is the pinnacle of, of education, right? We represent, you know, 1% of people having this degree. So the, the common ground was really we want to get to that goal, get to that finish line together, right? Um, also make a difference. The biggest thing I came out of it was we all wanted to close the gap in education, um, there's a lot of disparities in education, right? We studied in the U.S. and we saw the disparities of st- uh, STEM and different things like that. Also, um, being in healthcare, there was a lot of disparity in healthcare. You know, when depending on the, the the group, the demographic that goes into the hospital, depending on the hospital, we saw the disparities of how they were treated and different things like that. So we wanted to make that difference. So the common ground was making that difference, um, holding each other accountable to the finish line as well as, you know, uh, something you should be proud about. You know, your, your kids should be proud about it, your family should be proud about um, I know my family was very, very, very happy about it. You know, oh, we have the first doctor, you know, and this, just to say that, it may not be a medical doctor, um, but it's still a doctor regardless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the common, um, but also we had um, our nuances, right? You had nuances, you know, you know, people depend on the country had to have class on Saturday and it was maybe midnight over there in that country. So um, wow. if someone didn't turn their thing in on time, you know, how did you address that? Now you're a professional, so you really can't be like in the college days and really, really him and her, right? You have to mm-hmm. like call the person, are you okay? You need help? And we, we had someone who had gotten an accident, child got sick, and we just rallied around the person and and, uh, and make sure they finish, finish as well. Do you still keep in touch with these people? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> in fact, every time I, um, I share your program with them, some of them are subscribers uh, to, to this program. Uh, we, stay, we stay in touch. Um, some have, have moved on, moved to different areas. Um, and then we reach out from a, if they're gonna go look for a new job, we do like a lot of mentoring in terms of uh, the mock, mock interviewing, mm-hmm. you know, look at my resume type of thing, because we did that for every final. We like sent our papers across each other to verify, hey, did I cover everything, different things like that. So absolutely, we stay in contact. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, switching switching um, gears a little bit, um, you do coaching on transformational leadership. Um, tell it like what is transformational leadership? So it's actually turnaround leadership, right? Turnaround, turnaround leadership. No, that's right. That's it's right. turnaround leadership. I so one of the things I started was um, a newsletter on LinkedIn um, around turnaround leadership, and turnaround leadership is really 
a mixture of transformational leadership, transactional leadership, and I tend to have a lot of servant leadership in it. But let me just run that down really quickly. So transformational is more, you know, motivational, inspirational type leadership, right? Um, you believe in your leader. They, they bring you along. They, they share the vision. Um, it's very, very, very collaborative, right? And uh, we're going, we, we have a North Star. We know where we're going. Um, and, and you're involved. You, you know your team. You know your departments. The, transa- the, uh, trans- the transactional leadership is more, <laughs> I say it like this, it's like rewards and ramifications, right? You do what you need to do, you're rewarded. Mm-hmm. You don't, you'll be shown the door probably eventually, right? That's mm-hmm. more transactional. So it's more of in a performance culture, you would see that. And then you have servant leadership, whereby you put the, the needs of others before, before yourself. And so that's something that it's, it's me, it's been me throughout, even in coaching, right? Um, the servant leadership looks to see who is probably the weakest area or, the, or who has the most opportunity, and you bring them up. You strengthen your bench regardless, and so that you move together as a unit. And you always look for opportunities where you could stretch their stretch where they are. And the um, and the turnaround leadership um, that came out of studying my, my my doctorate. We were talk. We were studying Dr. Martin Luther King, right, and his crosses over the bridges into Selma. And one particular uh, crossing, he didn't fully cross. He stopped. He knelt down. Nobody knew what he did, but he turned around. And, and the conversation goes like this. What if he continued? Would he have been shot at that time along with other people? Right? So sometimes as a leader, you're trying to get to that goal. You're trying, you're trying to hit that North Star. And you have to know when to stop and when to step back, when to listen, to learn as well. And so I, I told my professor, I said, I think he stopped and prayed. And I think he, he received some type of wisdom that says, you know, not today. And some people were like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, Let, let's continue moving forward. But he was the leader, so you had to listen to him. And sometimes you find that in business. People want to do something, and the, and the leader disagrees and so forth. So for me, uh, turnaround leadership is really encompassing all of those facets, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would always rather manage up than to manage out. So mm-hmm. I always like to give opportunities for people to succeed, to be successful, and move. Maybe this is not the opportunity for you. Maybe it's something else, and I will try to connect that. And if, if not, you know, it becomes transactional. There are ramifications. So. Is there, are there certain signs that, that leaders should be aware of? Like, okay, now I need to turn around and wait. Or is it more of a gut feeling? There's the gut. There's absolutely the gut. But I tend to believe um, in terms of listen to your team. Right. There's a saying that says, uh, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a good team that's that's willing to give you real time feedback, then you could go to the team and ask. So I do that a lot with my with my teams, for example. I would share what what the vision is, make sure they can connect with the vision of the organization, the department. And then I would allow them to vent where they are, the challenges they would with connecting. And I would try to get the answers or based on my experience, try to help them along, right? Um, and sometimes it, they, they give you a perspective that maybe certain leadership were not thinking about that. So I try to make sure I have those connections that I could foster that 
to keep coming towards me and share it with, with upper leadership to make sure that we understand this is what's going going on at the grassroots level, at the ground level. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on. It's very, very important. And we have seen and and one of the things I love about the company one of the companies I work with is they tend to come together twice a year, three times a year, and and, and get that feedback. Feedback, put the groups together, get it, and take that feedback and see what direction we need to go in. Mm -hmm. so. it, it always, it reminds me of really that, that saying like slow down to speed up, right? Yes. Not, you're not always going 100 miles an hour to your destination. Sometimes you need to slow down to then go even faster, right? Make sure you're, make sure you're on track because if you're not on track going 100 miles an hour, you're going to be way I'm, off course. I'm reading the book Atomic Habits. Have you, uh, have you come across that? My husband's reading that right Listen. now, actually. He said it's really, really good. The biggest thing for me says the winners and losers have the same goal. Winners and losers have the same goal. If, if they both won a championship, that's the same goal. Right. Right? Um, it's about the system by James Clare. It's about the system to get there because you, 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 you work on your system, you improve your system, you'll probably achieve that goal and more. What happens after you achieve that goal is usually you stop. You stop and you're like, okay, what's next? Right? I did that after I got my doctorate. I'm like, what's next? Am I going to publish? Am I going to write? Yeah. I'm like, let me start writing something. Let me reach out to you. Let me start talking again, right? Let me let me share this with others who are thinking about it, like you say. But um, you know, uh, the whole the whole point of it is is that it's about your system that you put in place. So when when Ashley talks about slowing down. It's to reassess because I want to go after that goal so hard sometimes that I forget about all the things that I have to still get accomplished. Mm -hmm. I want to still be successful after that goal is met, right? Mm -hmm. Has Since you've gotten your doctorate, has it changed your style of leadership? Yes, it has. Um, you ever heard of the imposter syndrome? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have, I have played down being a doctor. Yeah, I've played down right. being a doctor, and uh, and then my but my community has uh, really pushed me upwards, you know, yeah. and that, that's that's really that's really helped. Sometimes you 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 seek out your goal for yourself, for your family, and others, and some people feel threatened by that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I have to to not let that speak to me, right? Because I did this for me to improve, or also improve the community I'm around. Right. So what has happened is that I find myself being more out there trying to be the voice or a voice, not the voice, but a voice, uh, partnering with a lot of a lot of different groups. Right. Um, I find that for uh, my teams in particular, I have now I have more teams that I, that I, that I do manage. Um, I want to be that um example, that pillow, uh, that exemplar to say, you know what, you're not too old to go back to school. My wife went back to school after 30 years. She just got an associates, right? Yes. Um, and so we're just going to continue doing that, just just inspiring, motivating people to be better than where they are right now. Right. Um, so that's what's changed for me. Uh, so all your, you did all of the hundreds of people that you manage or mentor, right? Are they all over the world currently, right no. now, or <laughs> just in the U.S.? They're all in the, it all in. Florida, yeah, they're all in Florida right now. Yeah. So how has how have you been able to right lead those individuals and and mentor them and um, and guide them? I mean, because I'm sure some of it's been hard. Like there, you've probably had some really hard times with some, yeah, you know, some employees. Yeah, abs absolutely. Change 
change is inevitable and change is not something that people favor at mm -hmm. all, right? So uh, coming into some of the departments I have, um, you'd find that people like, why, you know, okay, what's going to happen now? What's the new change? Different things like that. And one of the things we studied in school um, is about, not sp specifically in change management, um, organizational change management and, and different aspects of change. And it's really to bring people along, trying to vet what the concerns really are. Maybe they had bad leadership experience in the past, right? Um, but to answer your question, how am I able to do that? developing a good bench strength. So my bench strength is my frontline leaders, my managers and supervisors, right? Um, so developing that bench strength, share what I know. We share a lot of, uh, sometimes we have a call and we just share a video, a YouTube video or um, a TED talk, right? And we take that and we encourage, we take it right down to the teams. Or sometimes there are platforms, you remember LinkedIn Learning, well, LinkedIn Learning, right? So mm -hmm. it was Linda, um, Linda something back in the day. But uh, we take platforms to them so they could continue bring themselves up. One of the companies I worked for in a while back in, uh, in Tampa, um, when we were moving into that digital transformation space, folks were people like, oh, computer's going to take our jobs and different things like that. And so what the company did is they went into gamification and brought the tools that every Friday you would play this game right, across the company, you play this game, having studied throughout the week about machine learning, about AI, about, um, you know, 3D printing, different things like that, and then they'll test you on it, right? And so that way, they increase their bench strength. So I took that same thing to where I am right now, whereby I'm always increasing the bench strength, the frontline uh, managers and supervisors, making sure they have the information that they need to pass on to the team, right? To so make sure it's a, it's, you know, in, incorporate that that servant leadership to consider them as well, um, and you know take care of them, take care of the needs. You know if it's salary and compensation, obviously you want to see what it is, see what the market says. We you know work with your compensation team and different things like. But um, usually we find that it's a purpose. Once you understand your purpose, then you can connect to that. You can connect to your company much mm -hmm. much faster. Um, with, I feel like that's a, a good, great characteristic of a, a good leader is trusting and helping your, the leaders, other leaders and, and leaders that report to you to, to be better leaders and to, to manage better. And I feel like that's hard for a lot of people to kind of like hand over the reins and like trust your, um, other managers or employees to do what they need to do. Right? Mm -hmm. Is it that something is. you had to learn, or is it the natural, like you're just a natural servant leader? No, going back to what Ashley said, how do you do it, right? So <clears throat> show me your friends, I'll tell you who you are. So the other thing, too, is, you know, that trust. You have to believe, you just can't blatantly trust everyone. You they, that's right. I, tell, I told my team, I do not trust you guys. I don't know you. How can I trust? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you saying behind my back? And, and it, one of my recent uh, managers told me, because I asked the question to everyone, and he, and he said, you know, if you ask me, I can ask the team, and you'll get one answer much faster. And it bothered me. Mm -hmm. But he was right. He was right because we've been working together for a while to build that trust. And here I am just right, going out to everyone. He's like, it's like give him give him the opportunity to grab the reins because what I really need to be do to be doing is something probably greater for the entire organization and in, in my entire department. And uh, but he was right. But that feeling of like hmm, giving over that reins is like right. absence of control, right? <laughs> and I said, okay, I, I had to check myself. 
Mm-hmm. But I we built that trust that he was checking me. I didn't know he was. And I allowed it to sit in. And I was like, okay, he's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's right. I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering how the heck do you do it all, right? Like <laughs> hundreds of employees, you're mentoring the mall, you're mentoring the managers, and then like, what are you doing for work? Like, wh- yeah. how? where is your production? So yeah, that, that makes sense. Like giving those managers the reins to, so that Be- you could do greater things. Because you, you've seen, I mean, seen in many organizations, you know, the managers tend to be, you know, uh, managers, leaders, uh, they tend to be in their office doing the administrative stuff. And and the one thing about that leadership is about you have to have that connection. We, you have to have that connection. So to me, um, we have a hybrid workforce. Uh, one of the teams are hybrid. The other one is fully on site. And I tend to try to drop by at each site. They're all over um, all over Orlando. I try to drop by and, and say hi, you know, bring a meal. You know, food is always good. Food is always good. Food is always good. And uh, we just try to have a lot of different pro- volunteering. We do a lot more volunteering than ever before in that in those departments, um, just to make sure we can all come together and for a common good. Yeah. Right. And that is really that purpose I was talking about. That is really what has helped uh, turn around the department mm. from you know how they perceive themselves or how, how they were perceived by others to now, you know what, we're just, sorry, we're just, <laughs> we're just he's, he's very passionate about this, <laughs> yeah. banging we're, on the table. We're just as uh, valuable or we can have uh, such as a, a great value to add just as anyone else. Mm-hmm. I just see what you did there are. with yeah. the turnaround thing. That yeah. was clever. Yes, uh, I like that. Get us off hitting it. <laughs> Is it... Is it difficult um, managing people from all different backgrounds and ages and just, you know, what the difference is? Yeah, the generations, yeah. too. I'm sure you have, like, four different generations you're managing. He's yeah. not that old. <laughs> no, no, not like, no, not, like, younger than you. Just all kinds of generations. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. <that's laughs> <laughs> um, it is difficult, but not impossible. You know, it's difficult, it's not impossible, because... Things, things, um, things. You know, we we have we have kids, right? Well, I have grown kids now, but um, you know, little things like you know somebody having to take time off because their kid is sick, versus someone who doesn't have any kids and you know they're in their twenties and they're now going to college and probably always at work, right? Um, but the ones who have kids, they may be always on time. But the ones who are in college, they may be struggling to get in on time. Right. Right, so um, it's difficult, but not impossible. And um, uh, one of my leaders, um, an HR leader said one time, you know, you call people top performers um, because of metrics and the delivery, but if they can't come in on time, how are they a top, top performer? Because that's one of the things you have, you have to be, you have to show up on time, hmm. right? And when we took that back to the team, yeah, some people were like a little bit, what are you trying to do? But they understood because you're an, you're an exemplar in every area. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult but not impossible. We just have to, for each situation, we have to manage it um, differently but consistently to meet the standards and uh, what the policies are. Great. Well, um, I want to get back to that in a minute because we have a, a little surprise for you. Well, uh-huh. you know about it, but <laughs> you don't know the questions we're going to ask you. But it goes back to that um, kind of connecting with the different generations and really understanding them. But is there anything that we haven't talked about already about turnaround leadership that you 
want to talk about or you would like to say to our listeners? Right. So the internal leadership, just as in emotional intelligence as well, you have to understand yourself. You understand what you're capable of doing. So if I know I'm one generation and I'm two or three generations removed from who I'm managing, I have to know what they're about. Right. And I have to be willing to share what I am about. Right. So we have that understanding you understanding me, understanding me, but understanding you mm-hmm. uh, from, from an EI perspective, that's important. Um, and again, if you realize that you're not making inroads with certain employees um, or in terms of how your, your organization, how your department is moving, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And you'll see me be vulnerable today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to be vulnerable um, with your folks. And then you'll get a lot more support that way. So for me, turn around leadership is really about, it's not just turning the organization around and pivoting to to build that revenue, right? That's part of, that's part of it as well. But to me, um, we talk about employee experience and, and, and customer experience. When I came in too, just by the way they answered the phone changed. Right. Thank you for calling or thank you. Sorry. Thank you for choosing. Right. And you 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 open it up and you you brand it that way. Um, that way it's more inclusive. Right. The customer gets a good experience and then you feel a part of a bigger picture. So little things looking at little things to turn around to see that bigger reward, just like in the book Atomic Habits. Right. Little, little changes. Right. Little changes will, will cause a, a big shift, a big atomic shift. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. All right. On to next. Uh-oh. I'm excited Which, for these. So <laughs> you don't know, do you? I don't know. It's a surprise <laughs> to me, too. So we wanted to ask Gary, you know, being a leader, you have to connect with all different ages. And, you know, with that younger generation, there's there's some terms in in these days in 2023 that mm-hmm. I don't even know. That makes me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we want to um, see how much you know. Okay. All right. Um, and I feel like this one's pretty easy. But um, what about, um, what does bougie mean? Bougie? <laughs> <laughs> see, bu- it's like the old has become the new. Bougie is is being, thinking you're all that, thinking... Uh, you know, you're all about the bling and, uh, you know, you, you like expensive things. You like to show out, show well. That's what bougie meant back in the day. Is it the same? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's the same. I mean, I still mean it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone is being extra, what does that mean? <laughs> My son says that to me all the time. That you're extra? I'm extra. This is, <laughs> this is the context you use it. I'm like, did you wash the, did you wash the dishes? No, and I would go on. It's like, did I not tell you? He said, why do you have to be so extra? <laughs> right? Why do you have to be extra? So why why you have to add more? Okay, I'll wash it, you know, in time. No, it has to be now. Why are you so extra? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, because so, you didn't do what I asked. That's exactly, why I'm going to Exactly, in time. Extra. Yeah, and you still live here. So, you know, <laughs> the, the locks could change at some time. But is that correct, extra? That is, that is correct. Yeah, All right. Good job. <laughs> um, what if someone is salty? I feel like that one's pretty easy. You know, I, my son is 21, <laughs> so he uses that as well, mm. right? So um, <laughs> so salty is along the same lines, right? If, if I come in and something is not done in the, in the home or whatever, he's like, did you have, a, did you have a, a bad day? Did you not sleep? Did you not eat? Whatever, why are you so salty? Mm-hmm. So um, being persnickety, mm-hmm. I guess, with, with, with how I would describe that, or... Um, being upset, mad, disgruntled, 
Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yep. All You're right. Exactly correct. <laughs> what about what's a vibe check? <laughs> Again, the old is becoming you. Your vibe, vibe you know, your mood. You know, what's your mood like? What you, what are you feeling? Are you are you are you uh, you want to be alone? You want to be you know you want to be go out there and do something? What you feeling for? You know, vibe check could be for my wife and I. You know, are we going downtown Disney to to listen to some music, or are we just going to stay home and watch Netflix? Right. So, uh, vibe check is a checking with your mood to see you know what's going on. Yeah, wow, you are like really on top of these. We'll do one more because I feel like you know all of these. Uh, Rent free. Rent free is my current situation with my twenty year old. <laughs> I know you were going to say that. Right, uh, that's rent free right there. Nothing else to be said. Okay, very good. You get a hundred percent on those. <laughs> what other questions you got in there? I mean, I feel like they're all along the same lines. Uh-huh. And Gary's at like a hundred percent. Yeah. So <laughs> ask something else. Go um, one, more. one more. Okay, one more. Ask Ashley. Oh. Yeah. And I'm gonna Ask fail. Ashley, bussin. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> what the heck is bussin? Um, bussin would be that's that's all right. That's uh, that's wait. That's good to go. That's uh, that's bussin. This food, like, this food is bussin okay. right yeah. here. Yeah. Very good. Let's go. All right. Maybe if they used it in context, I would get right. it. I'd feel the vibe. The exam- like that coffee is bussin. Yeah. The, the example here is those potato chips are bussin. Mm. Got it. So, exactly right. Wow. Dang, you're good. I need to brush up. <laughs> I am not cool. You're cool. Just I know you know one. <laughs> All right. We have one more surprise. Yeah. Okay. And I'm very excited mm-hmm. about this because um, on top of everything that you do and everything, like, you, you're just amazing to me um, because I know we mentioned this before. You're a black belt in martial arts. Fourth degree black belt. I just got another thing has happened. I just got another black belt wow. in Krav Maga. That's in Krav Maga, yeah. Wow. Uh, just got that. Like in all your free time, you have yeah, time yeah. to just right. you need get it. some black belts. and. <laughs> um, but you've also been learning another skill. Yes. Can we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> if I say it, I'm going to say it wrong because I already said it wrong earlier. So I have picked up the um, the electric bass um, in the last nine months, and I tried all this, the whole, you know, home stuff, right? The online subscription. I'd pick it up, put it down, pick it up, pick it down, put it down. And then um, picked up Atomic Habits. Um, talk to you guys, and you guys put a challenge out there. You put a goal out there. Mm-hmm. So I put a system in place for the last seven to eight days of playing every day. I've also picked up a, a, a real instructor as well. And so he. Uh, all because of the challenge that we all, gave you? Well, I was doing it with him, and then you told me about a challenge. I said, okay, I need to learn something. <laughs> I need to learn something. He's like, but you're not there. I said, you don't understand. I'm not, back, <laughs> I'm not backing down at all. I have to do it. And he gave it to me, and I sent it to you, right? He, he gave it to me, mm-hmm. and I could not get it. And I went back in, and he's like, he just did that. I said, okay, I think I got it now. It just clicked. But I had to practice every day. So what I mentioned as well, too, in terms of leadership is sometimes about stepping back to go faster. Mm-hmm. My stepping back is my martial arts. My stepping back mm-hmm. is picking up the base. Because martial arts is with people, and with the base, is just me in my office, soon to be studio like this, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just to be able to do that. When you get it, you get it. 
Yeah. When you get it, you get it. So um, I'll play something. Yes, please. We're excited about this. All right. Please subscribe if you like like this so we can continue to. Yeah, like We want feedback. (laughs) Like, subscribe. Let us know if you want to hear more of Gary. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, just really seven days learning this. And so this is me being vulnerable. This is a leader being vulnerable right now. I love it. Understand. That's seven days. I've been trying that for nine months <laughs> to wow. get it like that. That was but, great. Um, is it okay? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding? So I think with a little bit more practice, we'll, we'll get to where we yeah. need to go. Yeah. No, that was great. Yeah, and so you. Um, do, you, do you sing at all, too, or play any other? Yeah. Oh, man, are you going to yeah. challenge him no. more? <laughs> I, Next I re- time we have you on, we want you to sing with us. I realize I'm going to have to hold... Hold things back from you guys. I like it. Gary, this has been so, so much, fun. much fun. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard him first. You've heard him here first. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gary Montute on the bass guitar. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. <laughs> thank this you for is- having me. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And like I said, uh, best of success to both of you guys. You know, 100 plus episodes. So, um, you know, we'd love to come back on again. So, yeah. <laughs> and we'll whenever we're at 2.38, yeah. have you back in a year from now, and you can, I'm sure by then, you'll be playing whole songs <laughs> yeah. and that would be singing impressive. and dancing That would be it. impressive. Yeah. And dancing. <laughs> sure, we added on dancing. Impressive, yeah. We'll do all that. <laughs> thank all right. you. Thank you. Well, thank you again to all of our listeners, and until next time, live bold and boss up. <laughs>